Blog Talk Radio. Sports with the Statman is on the air. Welcome to Sports with the Statman on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, George Sothopoulos, the Statman, on a Saturday morning, the 1st of April, 2017. It is 10 a.m. in the East, and we are live on Blog Talk Radio, coming to you from our authentic imitation home studios in northern New Jersey. We're going to be with you for the next 45 minutes, so sit back and enjoy as I take it through the world of sports. A good Saturday morning out there, everybody. April Fool's Day. Welcome to the month of April. And baseball begins for real tomorrow with three games on the slate, April 2nd, and then, of course, Monday, April 3rd, opening day for just about everybody else as we welcome you to the 2017 baseball season. And we also welcome you to year number eight. We will get started with year number eight with our next episode. As April 5th, 2009 was our first episode. We've done 726 of them since. This, of course, is episode number 727. So uh, you can listen to uh, some of the oldies, but goodies, on our uh, Blog Talk Radio page. Go to blogtalkradio.com slash the-statman to look through uh, the last few years. And thanks so much for joining us for all of those years, as well as uh, today and this morning, as we still have hockey on the uh, uh, on our mind as well, as we enter into the last full week of the National Hockey League regular season, week number 25, as the season ends a week from tomorrow. And we will uh, have all the good stuff for you. Our weekly best, looking ahead to injuries and hot pickups, as you will look to complete your season, whether you're in rotisserie, whether you are finishing up the fantasy hockey playoffs. Congratulations or good luck to you. Uh, to get through that, uh, I myself am in the loser's bracket final, unfortunately. I was ranked uh, eighth out of ten teams. Not a good season uh, for for me. But, um, you know, injuries always always hit you at the worst time. Speaking of injuries, John Tavares going down with a an apparent hamstring injury. Uh, they're calling it a lower body injury. He will be reevaluated today. The Islanders have five games remaining. They are on the outside of the playoff race looking in, and and, uh, after a 2-1 win against the Devils last night, that's not enough. They have uh, fallen quite a bit over the last uh, week or so that has really gotten them to this point. Uh, However, um, he will be reevaluated, so we'll find out whether he will come back at all for the rest of this regular season. So that could impact your lineup, uh, your lineups if you have him, uh, for week number 25. We have more injury news and hot pickups as we uh, as we take you through. But first, uh, we are going to unveil our All-Statman team for the month of March. And, uh, of course, uh, our All-Statman team is our fantasy focus for uh, this week. And we start with our forwards. And the top centerman is the fourth best scorer among forwards, usually Centerman is near right at the top, but this this month we have some uh, impact wingers who have done a fantastic job. So in the first line center, it's Connor McDavid of the Edmonton Oilers with seven goals and 12 assists in only 13 games. He was a plus six, four penalty minutes, and uh, he had 63 and a half fantasy points. He is our first line center, all stat man for the month of March. On his left wing is Jeff Skinner of the Carolina Hurricanes. He had 12 goals for the month, five assists. He was a plus 10 in 16 games. He had 71 fantasy points. His 12 goals tied with the right winger on the first uh, the first 
team All-Stat Man in the month of March, and that is Nikita Kucherov, who had 12 goals and 10 assists for 22 points. Eight penalty minutes in 14 games. He had 76 fantasy points. He was the forward of the month. Nikita Kucherov, uh, six power play goals, four power play assists. He had a game winner, a hat trick, um, and he was uh, on fire all month, 22 points in 14 games. What a, what a month for Nikita Kucherov. And for the season, uh, he is uh, he has 38 goals and 42 assists for 80 points. What a, um, you know, what a year he's put together, 68 um, uh, 68 games. Last year he had 66 points. That was his career high heading into the season. He had 30 goals heading into the year. He is 38 now. He is a bona fide uh, elite forward. And uh, and all of this, or most of this, without Steven Stamkos. Uh, so it wasn't like he benefited a lot from Stamkos. Uh, Kucherov did this completely on his own. Uh, second line center, Sean Monahan of the Calgary Flames. Uh, of course, McDavid and Monahan actually tied in points at 63 and a half, but Monahan with one fewer uh, assist and one more game played, so we give it to McDavid as the first line center, and Monahan as the second line center from the rival Calgary Flames. Seven goals, 11 assists. He was a plus nine for the uh, for the month in 14 games. He had 63 and a half points on his right wing is Patrick Kane. Ten goals, 12 assists, a plus five. And uh, in 16 games, he had 71 fantasy points. On the left wing was Artemi Panarin, the bread man, the Chicago Blackhawks left winger, nine goals, seven assists, and a plus five. He had 62 fantasy points. So the top six, you have McDavid centering uh, Skinner and Kucherov and Monaghan centering Panarin and Kane, teammates with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, A solid start. On the third line, Sidney Crosby, oh, Sidney Crosby, nine goals, eight assists, a plus two. Uh, he had a hat trick as well in 16 games. He had 58 fantasy points. And, and for Crosby for the year, he now has 43 goals, 41 assists. He had an unbelievable goal last night against the, uh, uh, against the New York Rangers where he banked one in off of the back of Henrik Lundqvist's head. Uh, talk about a sharp angle. That is as sharp an angle as it gets. I think when he released the puck, the puck was on his stick behind the goal line. Uh, that was uh, tremendous. So uh, he is the third line centerman. On the left wing is Brad Marchand of the Boston Bruins. Ten goals, seven assists. He was a minus two for the uh, for the month uh, with eight penalty minutes, but he did have three game winners, and two of his goals were power play goals. He had a hat trick as well, and uh, he had 58 and a half fantasy points. On the right wing, Blake Wheeler, the former Bruin, now Winnipeg Jets, seven goals, 12 assists, a plus eight. He had 13 penalty minutes, which uh, is second on the all-stat man team among forwards. We'll give you who, who was first uh, in a second. But Blake Wheeler, 63 fantasy points on that third line. So Crosby centering Marchand and Wheeler. On the fourth line, Ryan Getzlaff. He is the aforementioned penalty minute leader among the forwards with 21 penalty minutes, but he had three goals, 17 assists for 20 points in 13 games. He, had, he was a plus 13 as well as the Ducks um, are, uh, are flying. And uh, Getzlaff at 56 fantasy points. Uh, he is the fourth line center, one point ahead of Jack Eichel, uh, who, uh, who was close but no cigar, into the All-Stat Man team. On the left wing, uh, was Johnny Gaudreau of the Calgary Flames with five goals, 12 assists, plus eight. He had 53.5 fantasy points. And on the right wing, Vladimir Tarasenko of the St. Louis Blues, eight goals, five assists, 
and a plus six. He had 52 fantasy points. So the fourth line gets last centered by uh, Gaudreau on the left, Tarasenko on the right. Honorable mentions, as we as we mentioned, Eichel. Also, Ricard Raquel of the Anaheim Ducks, eight goals, five assists, a plus 10. Paul Byron of the Montreal Canadiens, eight goals, three assists, and a plus 12. All of them are centermen, as well as Eric Stahl, who, was, uh, who had 10 goals and four assists and 12 penalty minutes. Uh, they were all right there. Nicholas Backstrom of Washington as well, four goals, 15 assists. So a lot of uh, big assist numbers. Uh, but... Uh, on the all stat Man team, uh, we had four players with 10 or more goals. Eric Stahl had 10, was not on the list. Among defensemen, top pairing uh, would be Jacob Slavin and Victor Hedman. Slavin, three goals, all of them in one night against the Islanders. 10 assists, a plus 12, four penalty minutes. Uh, he had a shorthanded goal, a shorthanded assist, a hat trick, and in 17 games he had 78 fantasy points. It was the plus 12 that got him over the hump. For Victor Hedman, he had five goals, 10 assists, a plus one, and he had 69 fantasy points. Uh, his five goals were tied with Eric Carlson and Ryan Ellis and Justin Falk for the most among defensemen in the month of March. Uh, Alex Pietrangelo, second uh, second pairing, also had 69 points with uh, with Hedman. Hedman had two more goals. Pietrangelo, three goals, eight assists. He was a plus 10, by the way. Two game winners. Hedman had three. Pietrangelo with two game winners. Uh, and on that second pairing, along with Peter Angelo, is Eric Carlson with his five goals and eight assists. He was a plus four in 14 games, 61.5 points. Andre Markov also matched Carlson in points with 61.5, two goals, seven assists, and a plus 11 in 13 games. And Duncan Keith uh, and Ryan Ellis were tied for the, for the final spot. We give it to Ellis because of his five goals in four fewer games than Keith. Keith had a goal and eight assists and a plus 10. Ellis, five, four, and nine with a plus nine. Uh, and also two power play goals and a game winner in 12 games. Uh, he had 56 fantasy points. Duncan Keith, an honorable mention, also at 56 points. Goaltenders, the top two, Sergei Bobrovsky and Jonathan Bernier. In for an injured John Gibson in Anaheim. Uh, Bobrovsky was nine and one with four shutouts, a 1.09 goals against and a 9.67 save percentage. Uh, what a what a month for Sergei Bobrovsky, as uh, he had 353 uh, shots and only 12 got through. That is uh, that is an amazing uh, amazing stat. 107 points for Sergei Bobrovsky. Jonathan Bernier 10 and one with an overtime loss. He had a shutout. Uh, he had a 1.82 goals against a 9.41 save percentage. Only allowed 24 goals in the entire month. Uh, Bobrovsky though. Allowed only 12. Uh, but Bernier, 86.8 points, just a tad more than Brian Elliott, who finished at 86 even. He gets an honorable mention with his solid numbers of 10 and 2 with two shutouts. But Bobrovsky and Bernier are your top guys. Now to uh, enforcers, and we take a look at players who fill up the score sheet and fill up the, uh, the penalty sheet as well. And uh, Ryan Getzlaff with his 21 penalty minutes, but he made the All Stat Man team. So we and, and so did Blake Wheeler with his 13 penalty minutes. Um, so we uh, we give it to Eric Stahl. He had 12 penalty minutes. Um, actually, you know what? It, it should be more. If it's five a week, it really should be 20 for a month. So so let's uh, let's not give it to Stahl. He had only 12 penalty minutes for the entire month, which in 16 games is not uh, not that good uh, for an enforcer. Richard Panic, however, of Chicago. Six goals, three assists, and plus seven. He had 26 penalty minutes in 16 games. Not known for that, but uh, I think he accumulated a lot of them in one shot. But still, uh, 65 uh, enforcer points for Richard Panic, 
and would give him the edge. In terms of overall penalty minutes for the month, Cody McLeod of Nashville with 59 penalty minutes, Tom Wilson of Washington with 49. Uh, but among guys who actually scored a little bit, Radko Gudis had three goals, four assists, for uh, and 30 penalty minutes. Uh, Brandon Dubinsky, two goals, six assists, and 34 penalty minutes. But Panic uh, had um, had a little more scoring as well as uh, almost at, uh, penalty minute levels as those guys. So um, Panic is our enforcer of the month. And uh, and that does it for our all-Statman team. Let's let's look at the past week and look at the top forwards and top defensemen, top goaltender, top enforcer. Uh, Sean, uh, Sean Monahan was the top forward in the past seven days, March 25th through the 31st. He had 28 fantasy points, three goals, five assists, uh, he had a game winner, two power play goals, two power play assists as well in four games. Uh, Marcus Johansson at 25 and a half fantasy points, the left winger for the Washington Capitals. He had a single goal, but eight assists and a plus two. Jaden Schwartz of the St. Louis Blues, 22 fantasy points, three, two, and five with a plus six. Artemi Panarin of the Blackhawks, 21 fantasy points, as well as Brendan Gallagher of the Montreal Canadiens. We give Gallagher the fourth spot because he did the damage in three games, two goals, three assists, and a plus five. He had a game winner. Panarin in four games was 4-1-5 and five at a plus two power play goal, so 21 points for both of them. Top local. Uh, that distinction belongs to Jordan Wheel, who was actually tied with Connor McDavid, Patrick Eves, and Paul Byron in fantasy points. Wheel, three goals, and assist. He had a game winner, and um, uh, he had 17 fantasy points for, uh, uh, for the week. On to defensemen. Uh, the top defenseman, Kevin Shattenkirk of the Washington Capitals at 29 fantasy points. He had five assists, a plus four. Two of those assists were on the power play. And uh, he finished first at 29 fantasy points. Uh, with, uh, with his move to Washington uh, at this point, um, I, I'm not sure if he's uh, scored a goal. Let's, uh, let's take a quick look at his, uh, his game-by-game uh, to, see, to see how, he, how he's doing. I don't believe so. I think he had... Um, I count 11 assists, but his last goal, his most recent goal, he had a two-goal game on January 21st in Winnipeg. He has not scored a goal since then. However, his assists in our in our scoring system in our house league, the Puck and Stick Association, an assist for a defenseman is worth just as much as a goal. It is not it is worth half as much as a goal for forwards, but for defensemen it is just as much as a goal. So the five assists for Shattenkirk really coming in handy, a plus four as well. Um Andre Markov finished second, two goals, two assists, a plus four, 27 and a half fantasy points. And you see by that rationale, Shattenkirk's five assists was worth more than Markov's two goals and two assists. Jonas Brodine of the Minnesota Wild with three assists, he was a plus five, he had 22 fantasy points. Shane Gostisbehere, a goal and three assists, two penalty minutes, uh, he had 22 fantasy points. Let's give Gostisbehere the third star. Uh, Brodine uh, finishing fourth, fifth. Justin Falk, two goals, two assists, a three. And uh, in four games, he had 21.5 fantasy points. So Gostas Bear, the top local in third place, tied for third, really, with 22 fantasy points. Uh, among goaltenders, let's take a look at the top goaltenders for the past week, and they are Sergei Bobrovsky, who had the best month, and you could say he was the most valuable uh, player in the All-Statman team in March, uh, with a 2-1 and record and a shutout. Three goals against on 100 and, I'm sorry, on, uh, uh, I believe, 98 shots. Um, and he had 26.6 fantasy points, uh, a solid week for Bobrovsky, who has had an amazing season. Uh, obviously, as uh, uh, as as you know, he is uh, he has really um, been 
key to the Blackhawks, uh, or I'm sorry, the Blackhawks, the Blue Jackets' um, fortunes uh, this year. Uh, he has been uh, he has been nothing short of phenomenal. Uh, if you look at his uh, at his unbelievable record, actually, I, I, I do believe it's 98 saves out of 101. Um, shots, not 95 saves out of 98. I believe it's 98 out of 101. But he is 41 and 14 this year, uh, with a 9.35 save percentage. To do that over a full season is really unbelievable. And the loss that he had uh, was a loss uh, uh, last night, in fact, uh, in Chicago. Before that loss, the last one he dropped was February 19th, six weeks ago in Nashville. That is how good he has been. That's how good the Blue Jackets have been. Carey Price, 3-0, and a perfect week for him. He allowed four goals on 91 shots, 1.33 goals against 9.56 save percentage, uh, 22.4 fantasy points. Tuka Rask was 2-0 and with a shutout, allowed one goal in 52 shots. A, uh, a fantastic week for Tuka Rask after uh, uh, being day-to-day earlier. Uh, he, has, uh, he has really... Uh, uh, helped key the Bruins to uh, to be in playoff position at this point. Uh so so he has been he has been excellent. Um twenty one point two points for him. Steve Mason for the Flyers, a perfect week, three and oh. Uh a two point two seven goals against a nine twenty seven save percentage. Uh, he had twenty one fantasy points. And Brian Elliott bringing up the end of the top five, three and one he had a two point four five goals against nine twenty two save percentage. So out of the top five goalies, you have a cumulative record of thirteen and two two shutouts. A solid week for those top five goaltenders. And Tuka Rask, your top local, just edging out Steve Mason by a fifth of a point. On to enforcers, our enforcer of the week. Uh, let's uh, let's take a look. Of course, uh, uh, players who need to have at least two points and at least five penalty minutes. And uh, Jerome McGinley fits the bill. Three goals and an assist for the Kings, a plus one, five penalty minutes. He had one major, 25 and a half fantasy points. Uh, he fits the bill, and he is our enforcer of the week. Jerome Ginla, uh, Ratko Gudis, a pretty close second, a half a point back with two goals and uh, 16 penalty minutes. Corey Perry, a half point behind that, three goals and assist and nine penalty minutes. And Richard Panic, a point behind Perry with two goals and 17 penalty minutes. So um, quite a few guys racking him up, but Ginla was the best of the best. Uh, let's take a quick look at uh, our special teams and see where they uh, uh, where they rate. If you uh, have a special teams unit uh, as a uh, lineup slot on your team, as as in your league, as we do in our house league, uh, but the top ten in both power play and penalty kill, yeah, the Buffalo Sabers at the top with twenty five point three percent. They have allowed three shorthanded goals on the season, which is not bad. The Toronto Maple Leafs at twenty three point nine percent. They're in second for power play, and they've allowed five. Shorthanded goals. The Caps at 23.6, allowing two shorthanded goals. Tampa Bay Lightning at 23.1. Edmonton bringing up the end of the top five at 22.1. The back end of the top ten. Pittsburgh at 22%. St. Louis at 21.6. Boston at 20.9. Minnesota at 20.4. And Montreal, Columbus, and Calgary all very close uh, at 20.1%. Montreal um, is listed 10th on the NHL uh, website. So, um, so that is a, a pretty uh, pretty good group. Uh, Buffalo and Toronto have been towards the top all year long. And, of course, you have solid teams like Washington and Edmonton and Pittsburgh, uh, St. Louis and Minnesota. Uh, they've been on there for most of the year. On the, pen- on the penalty kill, 
The Florida Panthers are in first place at 85.7%. The Kings second at 85.3%. Carolina also at 85.3%, but they have 10 shorthanded goals scored compared to only five for the Kings. Carolina a little more valuable there. The Boston Bruins are on both lists, 85.3% of the penalty kill, and they've scored 10 shorthanded goals. They have, had a, they have had a really good special teams group this year. Anaheim at number five at 85.1 with nine shorthanded goals scored. St. Louis on both lists at 84.3. The Caps at 84% they are on both lists. Toronto, second on the power play, eighth on the penalty kill at 82.8. Columbus at 82.7. Minnesota at 82.4. They're right around the same spot. Columbus uh, is uh, in that mix at 10, 11, and 12 from the power play. They're ninth on the kill. Minnesota uh, on the bottom half of the top 10 on the power play and 10th on the kill. So those are some good special teams units for you to take a look at. Let's take a look at injuries. 20 minutes past the hour. Still have a lot to go tonight or today, I should say. Injury, injuries and hot pickups. And then uh, fantasy baseball, we have our uh, finale of our preview where we are reviewing our rankings and also taking a closer look at uh, starting pitching. As uh, you might be uh, drafting today, you might have already had your draft, and you're trying to just take a look at uh, which players have uh, have spots in the rotation, which do not. Uh, so we'll take a, a quick look at uh, uh, at depth charts uh, around the league. I, I ended up picking up a couple of guys in the draft that I expected to uh, have rotation spots. One uh, did not, and one uh, may or may be may not make the opening day roster, might be sent to AAA. So uh, you have to gamble. If you draft before the season starts, you have to gamble because you're not exactly sure who the opening 25 will be. Uh, but we will take a look at all that. And plus uh, a note or two about our draft in our house league, the uh, first to third league, the, uh, the aforementioned draft that I just mentioned. So uh, we'll have a quick look into all of that. Uh, first for injuries, I mentioned John Tavares's injury. Uh, he is day-to-day with a lower body uh, let's take a look at the guys who are on IR, new, new players that have been put there uh, in the past week um, of, of note. Anyway, Steven Stamkos, we have an update on Stamkos. He is officially day-to-day now. Uh, still on IR, but day-to-day. He's not played since November the 15th. Uh, They're taking it game by game. He did not play on Thursday against Detroit. Uh, his next game today against Montreal, then Dallas tomorrow. Uh, both evening games, it, it, is, uh, it is rumored that he will play in one of those games. So uh, in perfect timing for when, when you need to make your moves on Monday, if you have a Monday to, uh, to Sunday league for the last week of the season, you may want to be able to get him back in your lineup if possible. Uh, Tyler Myers, a lower body injury. Uh, he is progressing well, uh, looking to come back before the end of the season and they have uh, four games left starting today against Ottawa. Does Winnipeg uh, at home at 7 o'clock? But Myers is looking to return to the Jets lineup before the end of the season. Oli Mata with a hand injury. Uh, he is going to miss six weeks. So that uh, if Pittsburgh lasts uh, quite a while in the uh, playoffs, which is entirely possible, Mata may be able to return. But a down season for him, a goal and six assists, 17, or plus 17 in 54 games. Uh, for Mata. Chris Letang, an upper body injury for him. He is making progress skating, uh, but not in a full, uh, not in a full practice. Uh, so they are looking to make sure he is good for the playoffs, not so much for the regular season as they are battling for playoff position, but they have a spot. Um, Letang has not played since February the 21st. Jacob Markstrom, uh, with a knee injury, they are thinking about, well, they, they thought about shutting him down and they decided to go with surgery so he is uh, most likely done for the rest of the year, 10 and 11 for the year, 9-10 save percentage. 
uh, and uh, 70 fantasy points. He has not played in a little over a month, about a month and a week, against the February uh, against the Devils on February 25th. That was Markstrom's last appearance. Uh, so that is a look at players who uh, are newly placed on, or either newly placed on IR, where we have some sort of an update. Players who are out uh, for any length of time. Uh, let's uh, let's see here. We have. Uh, uh, do we have an update on Artem Anisimov? He is expected to resume skating soon, most likely probably trying to get ready for the uh, um, for the playoffs, maybe maybe getting in a game uh, or two at the end of the season before the playoffs start. They have four left. Last home game tomorrow against Boston at 1230. Then they go on the road to Colorado, Anaheim, and the Kings to finish off the regular season. But Chicago uh, already clinching a spot in first place in the Central Division. Uh, Tyler Johnson of Tampa out with a lower body nearing a return as well as Stamkos. So he did not play on Thursday, but once again, potential of coming back 19 goals, 25 assists for him. He's not played since March 9th. Uh, Paul Statsny of St. Louis lower body week to week. That is the, uh, that is a determination and it has been a week and a half for him. So, uh, still on the shelf, Logan Couture, a mouth injury will not play during the Sharks road trip. Uh, that ends tomorrow in Vancouver. They have three home games to finish off the season. Uh, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary, all divisional matchups. So he may come back for one of those games as San Jose uh, tries, to get, uh, uh, tries to get going and, uh, uh, and, and I believe get ready for the playoffs. I, I, I haven't looked at the um, standings in the, in the last little while, but I believe the Sharks have a playoff spot. Yes, they do. They have a third spot in the Pacific. Uh, but they are only three points behind Anaheim for the division. Very tight race in the Pacific. Anaheim with 96 points, Edmonton with 95, San Jose with 93. Um, but Couture with a mouth injury day-to-day, kind of officially. Uh, also, uh, Roberto Luongo, lower body. He has not played for a while, will not be available tonight. He has not played in a month. March 2nd was his most recent uh, game. And, of course, Florida not really not in the race for a playoff spot. Uh, Eddie Lack, scary situation. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, he was stretchered off the ice, went to the hospital. Uh, he is looking to start skating soon. He, uh, that was against uh, Detroit on March the 27th. Uh, so um, not sure if he will make a return this year with Carolina. Still trying to push for a spot, but Cam Ward is the main man. Eddie Lack is the backup. Uh, Alexander Barkoff with an upper body injury. Uh, he will not return today. 21 goals, 31 assists for uh, for him. He played earlier in the week against Toronto, uh, but he is uh, uh, he is looking to try and come back before the end of the season. They have five games left, uh, three of them at home. And finally, Anthony Manta of the Detroit Red Wings out with a finger injury, out for the uh, out for the year or the re- the rest of the year, the last five games. Uh, so uh, he has a fractured finger. He sustained in a fight against Luke Witkowski of Tampa on uh, on Thursday um so that uh, that ends his season and um uh he will have the uh, the, the off season to uh, to rest and recover. Okay, take a look at hot pickups if you're still allowed to pick players up. Let's give you a quick uh, option. Elias Lindholm of the Carolina Hurricanes in medium league uh it leagues is available. 11 goals, 32 assists in what has been a pretty successful year. 3 goals and three assists in his last seven games. He was held scoreless on Thursday night against Columbus. 
Uh, also, Sebastian Ajo in shallow leagues, 23 goals, 24 assists for the 19-year-old. You look at Ajo and Skinner and Lindholm, and, and the future looks bright for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, the uh, uh, the Finnish winger, Sebastian Ajo, with a two-goal game in New Jersey last week. Uh, but um, he is uh, 20 more goals, 20 more assists, and he's under 20 years old. Very, very good there. Um, in terms of uh, deep leagues, Leagues that reward penalty minutes, obviously Tom Wilson uh, is available. Six goals, 12 assists, and uh, uh, and he is um, he has had an assist in two straight games. Uh, also in deep leagues, um, how about Sven Andragetto, uh, former Canadian. He is now with Colorado, seven goals, 12 assists. He had a two-goal game against Calgary the other night, two assists against Washington a couple nights after that. So in his last four games, he has three goals, or five games, I should say, three goals and three assists for six points. Uh, so he is uh, liking the new surroundings in Colorado. Uh, very quickly, in terms of uh, uh, defensemen, Jacob Slavin in, in uh, medium leagues actually will be shallow leagues by the time uh, this week is through, going up from 47% to 51%. Shallow leagues would be Ryan Ellis. Deep, deep leagues, uh, Connor Murphy of the Arizona uh, Coyotes, two goals, 15 assists for the year, um, but he was a plus three against Washington the other night in a very impressive win that Arizona had over uh, over the Washington Capitals. Um, but uh, in deep leagues, that might be uh, an okay option. And for goaltenders, uh, let's take a look. Uh, Jonathan Bernier in medium leagues. Curtis McElhaney will probably get some uh, a couple of starts in the final week of the season as Columbus tries to uh, uh, rest up for the playoffs, even though uh, they are in a fight for first place in the division. Right now, Washington is at 110 points, Columbus at 106, Pittsburgh at 105. Home ice is on the line in the first round, so Columbus obviously still going to the whip, but they do need to rest some guys, and McElhaney might be the beneficiary of a start or two. Um, and in uh, in shallow leagues, let's give you Steve Mason of the Flyers. Now, uh, our our live feed is uh, about to cut out, our podcast-only version for the next 15 minutes, and, and you can listen to the entire 45-minute show, not only the 30-minute live feed, but the 15-minute podcast-only version in a number of different ways. You can go to the uh, the show page, blogtalkradio.com slash the-statman. You can listen live there. That's the only place you can listen live, but you can also listen to past episodes. Also, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Just type in Sports with the Statman in the search and uh, like us there, follow us there. Not like us, well, you can like us as well, but you can follow us there and, and uh, leave a review. And also, uh, you can get the podcast by going to Stitcher. Using Stitcher, the smart radio app, you can uh, download the app for free in the Apple App Store or on Google Play or go to stitcher.com to find out more about it. You can uh, add us to your playlist, give us a thumbs up, take it uh, on the go with you, and download the episode over Wi-Fi so you don't have those nasty data charges as well. And uh, listen to us while you work or while you work out or on your way to work, on your way home from work, whatever you like, uh, it's available to you. Uh, also, the uh, uh, the website is statmansportsonline.com. That's statmansportsonline.com. We are uh, on Facebook and on Twitter. So Facebook is facebook.com slash sports with the statman. We link all of our audio there. Um, you can uh, like us on Facebook, join the conversation, start the conversation. If you have a fantasy question or a, a pro opinion you want to get off your chest, you can do so by going to uh, uh, looking me up on Twitter, at G Statman, that's at G-S-T-A-T-M-A-N. 
And, uh, of course, we, uh, we are on uh, just about every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Once in a while, we'll have a, a different t- uh, date and time, so check the uh, Blog Talk Radio show page for the latest information. Okay. Uh, we are at 31 past the hour. We are going to take a look now at uh, Fantasy Baseball, our, wrap up our finale, as opening day is a little more than 24 hours away. As uh, we let's uh, let's take you through the uh, uh, the schedules very quickly here as uh, we get started tomorrow. That is uh, it's happening, and the Yankees are in Tampa for the first game of the season. Masahiro Tanaka and Chris Archer start us off at 1:10 p.m. The Giants in Arizona to take on the Diamondbacks, Madison Bumgarner and Zach Greinke in a great matchup at 4:10 uh, Eastern, and the Cubs and the Cardinals. In the traditional, now what has become a traditional Sunday night national game, John Lester taking on Carlos Martinez, an 8.35 start. Usually, the World Series winner opens on national TV on the night before opening day. Now, there have been a couple of other games added, so it kind of loses its luster a little bit. But the Cubs and Cardinals, that's always a good one. And that will start at 8.35. Um, Starts for local teams on Monday. You have the Mets at home against the Braves. Noah Syndergaard taking the ball on opening day against Julio Tehran. Uh, that is a 1-10 start. The, uh, the uh, Red Sox will play host to the Pittsburgh Pirates at 2:05. That will be Rick Porcello and Garrett Cole in an uh, interleague matchup on opening day at Fenway Park. And uh, the Phillies will be on the road in Cincinnati at 4:10. That used to be always the first game of the year. And uh, it is, by my count, going to be the uh, one of the ninth games of the year uh, in Cincinnati. Jeremy Hellickson will get the nod for the Phillies for the second straight year. Scott Feldman uh, for Cincinnati. That will be the matchup. Other big matchups on opening day you have the Nationals starting out uh, at home against Miami. That is a particular consequence uh, in the National League East as Strasburg will take on Edinson Volquez uh, of the Miami Marlins. Also, uh, you have the Blue Jays in Baltimore. That is uh, important in the AL East, a 3.05 start. Marco Estrada and Kevin Gaussman will start off there. Uh, and uh, that, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. A, a lot of other uh, teams obviously getting going. Um, by my count, 24 teams on Monday, the first six on Sunday. So between the, two, um, uh, between the two days, everyone will get started either on Sunday or Monday. No one has to wait until Tuesday. Once in a while, you get a team that starts until Tuesday. It looks like all 30 teams will be in action, and maybe that's why they put a couple extra games on Sunday for that reason. But regardless, that is how the baseball season will begin. And um, let's, let's take a look a little deeper into, into starting pitching. And if we reduce it to, uh, to tiers, uh, and at top tiers, to me, Clayton Kershaw, as I mentioned last week, is in a class by himself, as long as he's healthy. You know, he only finished 13th in fantasy scoring among pitchers last year, uh, but that's because he only had 21 game starts. He uh, had about 12 or 13 fewer than the top guys. Uh, if you look at uh, points per uh, per game start, uh, you're looking at 25.6, which um, if you look at other guys that are uh, that are up there, Max Scherzer, 19.7. Madison Bumgarner, 17.9. Justin Verlander, 17.6. John Lester, 18.3. You get the idea. He's head and shoulders above everybody as long as he stays healthy. He had the back issue, I believe, last year. So 
that's important, but he's in a class by himself. Next tier, Bumgarner, Scherzer, Lester, Verlander, they're right there. Uh, and and um, uh, they are um, at the top of their game. Um, I would say Syndergaard is at the top of that next tier waiting to go into that next group. Uh, Syndergaard, 14-9 last year, 218 strikeouts in 183 and two-thirds innings. Uh, so some, some really solid numbers, obviously, but, um, you know, that's really his first full season, uh, of being, uh, being a starting pitcher, uh, with the Mets. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. And he is going to start on opening day. Um, an interesting note from our draft. Now I understand our fantasy league is, uh, cons- consists of a lot of East coast players. Uh, just off the top of my head, there are six out of the 12 teams that are based on the East Coast. We have somebody in California, we have somebody in Minnesota, we have somebody in Detroit. So it's not completely New York-based. Uh, out of the East Coast, you have some in Boston, some in Philly, some in New York. But for, uh, for the, the top four Mets starting pitchers were picked in the first 125 players of the draft. I can't remember a time, and we've done our league for 18 years, and, and uh, we had various leagues of 10 years before that, where four starting pitchers of the same team were drafted really in the first 10 or 11 rounds of a draft, of a 12-team draft. Uh, the only thing I can think of is Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz and Steve Avery in the early 90s Braves, mid-90s Braves. The only thing I can think of, but I don't think even that, um, you know, it, it, of course, if the league was based in Atlanta. It probably would be, but um, uh, but I put uh, I put him in that uh, uh, I put the Mets starting pitching in terms of popularity anyway in that type of category. But Syndergaard is the first there at number six. Uh, I like I love Chris Sale of the Red Sox, and I think uh, he's going to be in a better offense. So that winning uh, that win loss record last year of seventeen and ten uh, will will get better. And that will help his overall numbers. He finished 12th among uh, all pitcher scoring. And among starting pitchers, he was 8th. I put him 7th. I like Kluber, uh, Corey Kluber, 8th. Um, Rick Porcello at 9th. You know, the 22-4 and four record, you can't expect that um, year over year. Uh, but I think he is, you know, he had not reached his ceiling yet before last year, and maybe last year was his career year, but he is now in the conversation among top ten pitchers in the league. He just is, even though he's probably going to get the ball, well, he's going to get the ball second. But when David Price is healthy, he might be the third best pitcher on that staff, uh, quite possibly. We're, um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely see about that. But with Chris Sale and Rick Porcello, both in the top ten, very good. Um, I have uh, Jake Arrieta. At number 10, he's the second second best starter with the Cubs, as John Lester is the top man. Uh, you know, lo- looking looking at that next group with um, Masahiro Tanaka and, um, you know, Johnny Cueto of the Giants, um, you know, that, that's that's kind of the next level. Uh, Danny Duffy, Jose Quintana, you, that, that's pretty much in that mid-teens area, Steven Strasburg as well. Uh, so that's kind of the, for me, it's the next tier. You want to say Carlos Carrasco, Carlos Martinez, also uh, Zach Greinke, who is not in as good a situation in Arizona as he was in with the uh, uh, with the Dodgers, obviously. Um, but uh, to me, at that next tier, Aaron Sanchez, who had a really good year last year, but needs to keep proving it. Same with Kenta Maeda, uh, Jacob Degrom. I think Jacob Degrom actually belongs in that tier. 
that I was mentioning with uh, with Strasburg and and uh, Martinez and and Tanaka. So I think I think Degrom is a top twenty starter in baseball, uh, and he has had a very good spring as much as, as much uh, as you could as you could uh, um, um, you know talk about spring training numbers. You really can't. Um, but I, I would say in that area, Degrom is in that uh, in that tier that we mentioned that uh, that fourth tier. But it, talking about the fifth tier, I mentioned Sanchez, I mentioned uh, Maeda, uh, Marcus Stroman also belongs there, Jameson Tyone, Julio Arias, who is probably going to have an innings limit this year, um, and uh, you know Cole Hamels belongs there, Felix Hernandez, who has dropped a bit, but I, I think he's still still a star pitcher and definitely I'd say a top thirty uh, starter. Um, J. A. Happ, who's been able to somehow get it done, even though uh, a lot of people said that he wouldn't last in the major leagues. Uh, he has done a very good job getting hitters out over the years, uh, and also Jake Odorizzi of the Tampa Bay Rays kind of belong in that in that tier there. Um, so, uh, you know, beyond that, I, I think you're you're hitting and hoping. You're looking for guys that will rise to be a mid-tier, uh, you know, a, a, a middle of the rotation starter. But, you know, you're, you're also probably looking for solid fourth and, and fifth starters. Fifth starters in April hurt you because they get skipped over early because of a couple of rain dates that are built into the schedule. Um, so, you know, a guy, a guy like Zach Wheeler, might not uh, be all that valuable in April, and you want to see how he how he goes anyway. But he's going to be drafted in a lot of leagues, uh, so you, you know that that is uh, something you have to think about. Uh, in fact, in terms of the Mets starting rotation in our house league, not only was the, not only were the were the top three, you know, uh, Syndergaard, Degrom, and Harvey picked, but also Mats Wheeler, Robert Gesellman was picked. Seth Lugo was not picked in our draft, but six starters were picked, which tells you, you know, that uh, one of them is not going to either make the team or be in kind of a middle relief role that will not be very valuable uh, in fantasy baseball. Um, so that's kind of a look at the tiers of starting pitching. Um, guys that are wild cards out there, uh, how is Matt Harvey going to going to produce? Will Joe Ross make the ball club in Washington? Um, you know, so potential sophomore slump for Sean Manea, or will he? Um, really uh, kind of uh, continue on, um, you know, the, the post-prospect hype of a guy like Tyler Skaggs, who's banged up, but he should be ready to go. Um, you know, can a guy like Ivan Nova continue uh, his rise since coming over uh, from the Yankees to the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates? You know, a guy like Garrett Richards, who uh, who decided to avoid Tommy John surgery. You know, there's, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, interesting storylines with guys that are below that list and kind of reaching for top 40 status. Uh, so, you know, th- those are those are things you got to uh, really take into account when you when you make your draft picks. Uh, okay, let's let's take a look at uh, uh, at our uh, rankings that we've had. We can we can try and fly through it. Um, among catchers, Posey, Lucroy, I have Salvador Perez at number three. Uh, Gary Sanchez, Matt Wieters at the top uh, at, at the top of the list. I, I have Matt Wieters at number five, which I think he's undervalued around the league. He's going to be going to a good Washington team. You keep waiting for him to put it together. Maybe I'm just a believer, and, and uh, I need to really look at the numbers a little more. But guys who I think are uh, overvalued, Yadier Molina just signed a new deal. Brian McCann, uh, undervalued. I have Wieters and Travis Darno. This is going to be the last chance for him with the Mets. And I have Wilson Ramos as a sleeper. He's going to start the year... I believe on the DL, uh, so that's uh, 
uh, something to take into account. But, um, you know, a guy like JT Realmuto also uh, is, I, I would say, is a sleeper uh, just because, you know, he's a guy who actually steals bases. The only guy in my top 20 among catchers who have uh, double-digit steals. Um, first base, Anthony Rizzo, Joey Votto, Paul Goldschmidt, Miguel Cabrera, in that order, they're at the top tier. Then you have Freddie Freeman uh, rounding out the top five. I have Matt Adams as a sleeper on this list. I'm at number 18. I also like C.J. Crone at number 15. I drafted him uh, in, in my draft. Second base, Jose Altuve, Robinson Cano, Daniel Murphy, Jason Kipnis, and Rugnet Odor are my top five. I think Brian Dozier is overvalued. I have him at number nine. Also, Gene Segura, who's going to switch over to shortstop. I have him overvalued at number 13. Jonathan Scope, I have him as a sleeper at 14. He has big power, but the issue for him has always been getting on base, a 298 on base percentage. Not very good. Uh, third base, Nolan Arenado at number one, Josh Donaldson at two, Chris Bryant, the MVP of the National League. I have him as the third best third baseman in fantasy baseball. Manny Machado at four, Adrian Beltre still getting it done at number five. Uh, I have Ryan Healy of Oakland as a sleeper at number 19, and Eduardo Nunez with some downside. I have him as ranked number 15 among third basemen. I know that's a little unpopular. A lot of a lot of uh, um, a lot of prognosticators have him in the top 10. Now among shortstops, Corey Seager. I have him as the number one shortstop. 308 in his rookie year, 512 slugging percentage. Uh, he is uh, already there. Carlos Correa at number two, Francisco Lindor at number three, Xander Bogarts at number four, and Jonathan Villar at number five. 